For so very long, it's been... Go on, George. Tell how it's gonna be. But in the end, the commission only said... We figured it 17 different ways. And every time we figured it, it was no good. Because no matter how we figured it... But no matter how you figure it out, I still don't get as much as anybody else. Somebody don't like the way we figured it. So now, there's only one way to figure it. And that is every man for himself. When Black Friday comes, this is the end. It's the end of the world. It's the end of the world as we know it. Or is it now? As a new year hits, through it all, Beaver Nation moves ahead with resiliency and hope. Sun's up, mm hmm. Looks okay. The world survives into another day. And the way forward goes through, as it must, The Joe Beaver Show with John Warren and Mike Parker. A number of times I heard these guys' voices over and over and over. Still can't find it. Ah, can't find it? We can help. This here is 1240. 1240. It's always been 1240. My client says it's 1240. Yeah, plus 93.7 FM and streaming live at KEJOAM.com and on the KEJO app. It's the Joe Beaver Show. Well, yes, it is. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, and welcome to the program. Mike is running just a minute or two late. He was uh, just wrapping up a conversation with with Mike uh, with uh, Jonathan Smith over on campus, uh, getting ready for that to play. That will play tomorrow in the pregame show, uh, just right before uh, right before kickoff. Towards the end, uh, the end of the two hour pregame show with. Ron Callen and Jim Wilson. Speaking of Jim Wilson, we are trying to work with Jim. Uh, Mike is back and forth on finding a time slot that Jimmy could come on the show today. So we hope that works out. We do have two guests that are uh, signed up and ready to go. Coming up here in just a few minutes, we're going to be talking with Dwight Janes from uh, Portland Radio, longtime scribe and uh, personality, writer, all of that. Dwight Janes will join us coming up here in just a few minutes here on the uh, on the Joe Beaver Show. I uh, want to let you know that I just got this, I think, yesterday. And it's uh, it's about an upcoming event for a Joe Beaver Roadshow. We, we've been getting out a little bit more th- this year than in, in just the most recent years. It's a grand opening event at an Ace Hardware in Corvallis. There's a new Ace Hardware in Corvallis. It's at 2445 Northwest Kings Boulevard, and it's uh, bringing you the dedicated customer service and care that Ace Hardware is known for. Everybody's invited to the grand opening celebration Thursday, October 5th. So uh, is that next Thursday? I think it is. And uh, be one of the first 50 guests you'll get. A free gift plus complimentary coffee, pastries, daily demos from Gosney, Benjamin Moore, Big Green Egg, and more. Enjoy big brand giveaways and special buys. The new Corvallis Ace Hardware opening up next Thursday, October 5th at 2445 Northwest Kings Boulevard in Corvallis. There'll be Joe Beaver Roadshow. We'll have drawings for, of course, OSU football tickets uh, to the UCLA game, Highland Bowl passes, and other things. So lots to do, as you are well aware of, when we go out on the road with the Joe Beaver Show. And this is going to be neat because... um, I don't know where that is. I'm trying to imagine where it is, and the fact, Doc, that there is a new, a new, uh, a new Ace Hardware in Corvallis. So that's pretty cool. Oh, and, okay. So what's TJ coming in for? Jungle OG. OG uh, is originated or original. 
Original. Oh. Okay, I can just skip hearing Romy as I'm coming Same in. Same what, OG? Ten. Yeah, yeah, coming in from 10. He's a jungle OG. He's a jungle OG. Oh. He's a jungle OG. He's a jungle I OG. Thought, hey, TJ, I, TJ, I thought it meant original gangster. <laughs> I, think okay, it, yeah. I think it stands for that original works. gangster. It's, okay. It's, it's the same concept. The yeah, Joker, yeah, the, the idea that it's something original, right? Yeah. Right. The so, guy, someone who's been around for a while. Yeah. So, like, like so, you guys are Joe Beaver Show OGs. OGs. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's I'm true. I'm glad to be across from an OG because <laughs> we we started a Joe Beaver OG way back when. Yeah. We have a lot of OG listeners I'll and texters, and uh, we appreciate yeah, all we of do. you. Thank we you. Do. I'll give TJ the credit. You asked me to do this, but I oh. I passed it down. Uh, the Damian Lillard Damian stuff. Damian Lillard stuff. Did you mention Dwight's joining us yes, or not? Okay. Yes, of course. And uh, we talked about, and I, I haven't read this yet, yeah. but TJ and I, I'm like, this whole thing on the, the unrestricted drafts, the covered, unprotected, not, uh, unprotected but then the swaps. Swap picks. Mm-hmm. So were you right on your assessment on the swap? It's yeah. just basically, if or if Portland wants it, they can ask for it? Yes, they can. Okay. And so the rule is, I didn't, I didn't know this because I don't follow the NBA close enough, but you can't trade first-round picks in back-to-back seasons. That's why they do swaps. It's a workaround. Interesting. So they, they essentially try... Uh, Portland, if they want to, can have three first-round picks in a row from the Bucks if they wanted to, but the 2028 and 2030 are swaps. Got it. The so 2029 can, is just a straight-up, like, they've already traded it. Right, so they can say in 28 or 30, they can say, uh, we, we, we'll wait. We don't want it. Yeah, either we don't want it if they have a better draft pick or if the Bucks are, I don't know, picking in the top five. Yeah. You're like, oh, we'll take it. Yeah, right. Okay, good. Not a bad position, actually. No. And, and Dwight, the godfather, Dwight James, who will be... Uh, at Reeser Stadium tomorrow, so we yeah. can talk to Dwight. I think Dwight and and another, not Chad. I'm not sure what Chad's doing. I look forward to talking to Chad about Russell Wilson, Sean Payton, 70 points, and the Denver Broncos. <laughs> Chad is a great Blazer commentator, pregame, postgame, fifth quarter host, a friend of this show through the years. But Dwight and somebody else from the Rip City Radio family are coming tomorrow to host their show huh? from within Reeser. So they'll be there tomorrow as a build-up to uh, the Beavers and Utah Ute. So when you say, well, what is this, the Joe Blazer show? Well, kind of. This well, is one of those. It, when it's a big trade like it, that. It is kind of one of those rare times. But I guess what I'm saying, when we visit with Dwight about the trade, we will also be talking about, hey, you're bringing your show in. What are your sure, thoughts about sure. what we've seen from the Beavers, et cetera. So Dwight is well-versed in all of those things. But he's also a, a gentleman who's followed and covered the Blazers, not their entire existence in Portland, but most of it. And thus will have, I think, a great perspective on Damien's career as a Blazer, breaking down the trade from all three teams' perspective. Mm-hmm. I'd be interested to hear Dwight evaluate what he thinks Joe Cronin and the Blazers did when they were sort of boxed in by Lillard's contract, by Lillard saying, I want to go to Miami and nowhere yeah, else. Yeah. yeah, It gives them a little less flexibility. All of that said, it sounds to me in reading The Athletic and other sites that the Blazers are getting fairly good marks for what they did get back in the hall, and I'll be interested to see what Dwight thinks about that notion. I, I'm curious, too, to wonder, because didn't it happen that Dam- Damien's been on record for a long time saying, I want to finish my career in Portland. And he was last year, but it was at it was at draft time that they went with Scoot Henderson, and they didn't 
they didn't make it look like they were trying to make a team around Damien and make it to where well, they, they were could giving win. up on that idea. Essentially. Like. Yeah. And so that kind of was that what forced Damien's hand to say, look, what are you, you know, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Fine. Trade me. Okay. Well, I'd like to go to Miami. Well, we'll see if we can. They couldn't because they're not just going to give him away. It grows. It goes dark until just recently. So I'd be curious to know, you know, just how from a Portland perspective, being inside it, how much are the Blazers really trying? Are they trying to make themselves, you know, paint paint outside to sell? Or right. put some bark dust over the weeds or, or what? It's a good question. And Dwight took that up yesterday on his show with Chad. So he's ready to deal with a question about ownership. Yeah. And what are the Blazers with Cold and Jody Allen? What are they doing right. exactly? Right. What is their plan? Even with that, a bit unsettled. It strikes me in reading, and I haven't, you know, I'm getting ready for a football game tomorrow, and it's still the Joe Beaver Show, and if you want to call and share your thoughts or text, we have open phones in different segments today. 1125, the godfather Dwight Jaynes will share his thoughts about the trade, about tomorrow's game, their show coming to Corvallis tomorrow. A session with Sarah Elcano coming up at 1230 today, as John has mentioned, so please Text in any questions, comments, thoughts for Sarah, and we'll get those to her. We might even be able to take some on-air live questions while she's with us on the air. But if there's anything in advance, we'll collect those and submit them for Sarah in a session with Sarah coming up at 1230. But in the meantime, open phones and texts if you have an immediate reaction to anything from yesterday. I noticed that. TJ is not wearing Mariner's gear today. That's it. He's done. That, speaking of that, that's my, my favorite. The Dr. Pepper people writing those commercials get sports. They just do. Those are, you know, what, what what's going on here? Well, you know, the playoff expanding to 12 lanes. <laughs> you know, what's happening? Well, it's the transfer portal. It's going crazy. And people yeah. hanging on to the light pole with the portal wide open and blowing and wildly. But the best part of that is, in you know, after a play happens, fans all painted up and the Dr. Pepper stuff just, well, that's it. We're done. <laughs> Thought this was the year, but we're done. And they're giving up. And it, somebody who comes in and says, you know, that's only what the first Oh, well, the first the, series it's, it's of it's the guy in this town who plays the sheriff, and it's Brian. Bosworth. That is Brian Bosworth. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but doesn't he come in and say, "Guys, that's just one it's, touchdown, it's one one series, yeah, or whatever it's it first is, first play of the game." But that's how we all feel <laughs> as fans. Oh, well, yeah. there you, you know, if if Zach Johnson comes out, Nate Johnson, pardon yeah, me, comes yeah. out, or Cam Rising, first down, if first down. The Utes, you know, first down on the first pass of the well, here we go. We're well, done. That's what I that's thought how we feel Saturday on the second play of the game. I know they go deep. But, well, that's but it. here's the thing. Even Saturday, <laughs> even Saturday, Doc, I remembered the Boise State back and forth where each team would get up by 14 yes. back to back years and the other team would win. Three straight years. Three straight years. Okay. And then UCLA, Oregon State, way back in like oh twenty oh two. Oh two, yeah. Beavers we were up for get up fourteen nothing, then lose. Um, and Washington State themselves in 05 and Corvallis up 14 nothing and lost. And so I was yeah. I was feeling that pain, but I was also trying to mentally tell myself it's a long game. It's a long game. Remember those 14 yes. nothing starts. 
14 nothing can be fool's gold yeah. as it was three times in a row with Boise State, the team that got ahead 14 to nothing lost. And then the very next year, we saw a fourth straight year of an example yeah. of that in 05 with the Cougs up 14 nothing and lost. It at absolutely can, has happened many times yeah. in the years we've done this show. So 2002, 2003, 2004, 2005, twice in 2005, we saw teams up 14 nothing mm-hmm. lose. So I am. Don't get me wrong, Johnny. You're absolutely. I immediately went there with Jim on the air. We're down fourteen. Well, Jim, we got him right where we want him. We're down fourteen to nothing. Not quite. I wasn't that strong on it, but no. I did bring up the point. Hey, there's a lot of football left today. I saw an 05 at Reeser. You did too, Jimmy. We were both there. We yeah. saw the Cougs jump out fourteen nothing, and the Beavers come back to win. I did throw in the that was at home, which is helpful. So. Being at home, I think, helps you kind of deal with the adversity a little bit better. We yeah. knew, and Nick Aliotti said it yesterday, eh, Beavers behind for the first time in a game this year, and not only behind, but behind on the road, and mm-hmm. then behind by more when you're down 14 nothing. That was going to be a tough slog the rest of the day, and it was. Even so, well, from that point on, down 14 nothing, you outscored them, and you, you gave yourself a chance. And I just, I like, I like, where the Beavers are with respect to the opponent, the matchup, the style of play, all of yeah, that yeah. tomorrow night. Well, and and again, be, they never. I know it's it, it's hard to to reach for things, but they never gave up. In other words, the, the play calling mm-hmm. was consistently the same. Like almost like let's just play through right. the tape because yep. we, we may get there, and they did in the end. Now you could say, yeah, they dug their own hole. They, there's a lot of things you could say as to. Maybe maybe Washington State was in the the prevent whatever both ways yeah. offensively yeah. and defensively all, all of yeah. that, but still they didn't give up their 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 shoulders never shrugged where where you see teams that do get down and they just play through the motions because they feel like psychologically they're done and the Beavers never really did that no they didn't and you could see a little bit of nervous time on the Coug sideline uh-huh. when that thing was tightening up and Cougar fans got a little quiet too the the phenomenon of Cougging it manifested itself yeah. for in the fans anyway. And I, I noticed some apprehension on Jake Dickert's countenance too, as the beeves from 35, 14 were steadily chipping away. Yeah. You can tell when the coach gets really animated on small things that are egregious, you know, instead of, you know, kind of arguing for a, his foot was in bounds kind of a thing, then screaming and throwing and noo, noo, yeah, noo, and yeah. then you're going, Oh, a little nervous mm-hmm. here. There was an interference call. That helped the Beavers in a drive when Jack Velling, the, the ball appeared to be overthrown. Mm-hmm. And as Jim Wilson said, we on the other side of it would have been arguing with Deckard. That's uncatchable. Right. And so right. the proper call should have been holding, not pass interference. But right. the Beavers did benefit a little bit from that call. I think it was not the right call. Maybe you could call holding. But it was at the end, if you're calling pass interference, then you are saying that ball was catchable, yeah. and it wasn't. It was way over Velling. Man, good for you guys to, to be honest about yeah, that. Say, hey, we got one. Right. We'll no, take we it. did. Now, I'm going to ask you something, John. Yeah. And just, just because we don't go here very often, did you know the Dunks and Threes last year claimed that Lillard was worth 14.3 wins for the Blazers? <laughs> okay. Let's just see. start with the whole thing. Dunks and Threes said it. Dunks and Threes. Dot com. Dot com. Never heard of it. Thank you. 
said that Lillard what was worth. He played fifty-eight games, yeah, and was worth fourteen point three wins alone. His productivity for the Blazers. Huh. The argument is Lillard is coming off the best season of his life. Do they have a that stat for every player in the league? Yes, yes. Well, who's got the number one total, and what is it? I've never well, heard we, of that stat. Dunksandthrees.com. When I say dunks and threes, dunks and threes. Makes <laughs> you me know what I like... thought you were thinking of? Yeah. You were saying? I thought you were calling out dunks and threes, right. but I thought, well, he like doesn't, all there is he doesn't dunks and dunk threes, the ball. Yeah. He just shoots threes. So how could he, statistically, <laughs> right. how could he be high in the dunks category? Apparently, there's an analytics site. It's really big in oh, the yeah. analytics world. And, oh, yeah. And I'm sure right now there are NBA fans, Blazer fans. Like, ah, yeah, of course. Dunks and threes. Yeah, I mean, I, I read it every day. I mean, yeah, good for you. Dunksandthrees.com is the site claiming that Lillard was worth 14.3 wins per game in the 58 games that he played. And Damian did. It. This was a good reminder. And Dwight will be on to kind of maybe say, yeah. oh, yeah, you know, because I think we looked at the Blazers last year. With frustration and just, okay, here we go. Damien, again, is doing amazing things, but they're not good enough. And when he was there, he was hurt a lot. Yeah, Yeah. he only played 58 games. But he averaged 32.2, 7.3 assists, and his his shooting percentage was 11% higher than the league average. You know what I'd like to see? A great year. I want to see someone, they're going to do all that? They're going to do all that and be, be Mr. Statistical People? Do some kind of a stat for the value of one person shooting as much as they do mm-hmm. over how the team does itself. Yeah. In other words, it, figure out a stat, if you can, for selfishness. <laughs> now, I know that's a weird word to use in losing no. the great Damian Lillard. I'm not going to miss him. A guy that steps across the midcourt line and launches him in a regular I game, I, I don't care if he can hit him. Well, it's low percentage shot. Yeah. And, and if a guy gets hot, yeah, that's great. But he did more, to his credit, in terms of his, again, dunks and threes. It reminds me of Eddie Albert in The Heartbreak Kid. What do you do for a living, Mr. Cantro? I'm in sporting goods, sir. What? (laughs) Eddie. I I sell sporting goods, sir. What? You mean bats and balls? Balls and bats. (laughs) Remember Eddie playing that role well and taking a very dim view of Charles Grodin's career path and how he had no place, therefore, to be courting Sybil Shepard. It's a pretty well-written film. Unless he was the sole owner of, like, uh, well, Big Five Right, sports. that's what he said, sir, and Charles Grodin's report, retort was sporting goods were the number two industry in America or whatever last year, trying to get Eddie yeah, yeah. to respect him. Jerry Seinfeld, somebody said that Seinfeld said the funniest movie of all time is the original The Heartbreak Kid. That's huh. not, Seinfeld thinks that's the funniest thing ever. Well, because Seinfeld has a little bit of uh, toughness and an edge of cruelty in him in his comedy, a little bit. So yeah. there, and that's a cruel film. It's a cruel it? comedy. Well, well, it's cruel it. in, in premise, uh, but it is, there are scenes in it that are fantastic, hilarious. The Heartbreak Kid, the original, but there's some pain involved, and it's not a film that's ever been thoroughly enjoyed by every member of my family, if that uh, makes any sense. Uh, well, but I'll there are moments, the original. I don't know about the nonsense right, remake, right, right. but Grodin at times in the original, there there are some well-written scenes, balls and bats, bats and balls, dunks and threes. I, I'll tell you this, for, for, for what I just said about Damien, yeah. I'm surprised it's only 14.3. I would think he had value in every win they had. Well, but... but he himself was worth 14.3, way above anybody else in the NBA last year. 
that he did average 9.6 free throws per game last year. So it wasn't all just step in front of the midcourt line and shoot. 9.6 free throws a game, which shattered his previous high. That's one of the best marks in the game. That's great. And the Athletic also says this. Here we go. The Athletic claims that Damian Lillard is the second best pull-up shooter in NBA history. And that's who the Blazers have traded. Can't argue with that. Well, okay. I guess you can't. Dwight might. He joins us next. Uh, Steph is number one, right? Steph is number one. But when I think of great players that I've seen through the years, that's a hard one for me to swallow. But last thing before we go, Damian also had the third best EPM in the NBA. Okay. We'll I, talk to Dwight about that next. E, the EPM. I Thank you. can't think You're of a good man. what that You're is. You're a good per, and honest per, man. Per minute. So what's some, e? No, it's not per minute. Bats and balls, balls and bats, dunks and threes, EPM. Dwight next on Joe Radio. Be a winner and have a wiener at Benchwarmers Bar and Grill. Enjoy a one-quarter pound all-beef gourmet hot dog. Choose from a coney dog, a sauerkraut dog, chili cheese and onion, a mustard dog, or Benchwarmers popular Chicago-style dog. Try several burger selections, and if it's breakfast you're looking for, Benchwarmers serves a $5 breakfast all day, every day. With 20 large screen TVs, make Benchwarmers your beaver football tailgating headquarters this fall. Come by and warm the bench at Benchwarmers Bar and Grill, 1895 North 9th Street in Corvallis, where Oregon State fans go on game day. Are you turning 65 this year or accessing Medicare for the first time? If you are, you need to start thinking about applying for supplemental insurance. Hi, this is Chris Gray. Medicare is great, but Medicare doesn't pay for all your medical bills. You need supplemental insurance, too. If you're not sure what to do, as a local licensed Medicare agent, I can help. We can look at all the different plans and find something that works best for you. Please call me at 541-754-9075. That's 541-754-9075. This is Chris Gray, and I look forward to speaking with you. The fall means it's time for Oregon State football, a new season, and hopefully a bowl game at the end of the year. It's also a good time to look at that home remodeling project. If you need new carpet, countertops, luxury vinyl, or window coverings, see the staff at Corvallis Floor Covering. They've been coaching Beaver fans and helping you get it done for over 30 years. Stop by and see their showroom full of all the popular brands that you know, love, and gotta have. They're on the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beavs! Built upon a solid foundation of cast iron and steel, the Kubota L2501 tractor is part of a tractor lineup rated number one in durability and owner experience. And it's on display now at Lynn Benton Tractor in Tangent. The L2501 tractor features a Kubota diesel engine and is easy to operate. See Lynn Benton Tractor today. Go to KubotaUSA.com for a full disclaimer. Lynn Benton Tractor, we're still doing business the American way. Hi, everybody. This is Mike Parker. We recently had the need to replace some major appliances, and I'm delighted to report that we called Brandon and his team at Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon. We couldn't be happier with our experience. They answered all of our questions, put us in the best deal, and promptly delivered and installed a new washer and dryer. When you are in need of an appliance, I strongly encourage you to call Kellenberger Appliance. Visit Kellenbergers.com or stop by Kellenberger Appliance at 21 North Main Street in Lebanon. A big thank you from the Parkers to Kellenberger Appliance. Mike Parker with John Warren on the Joe Beaver Show. Thanks for joining us. Dwight will be in town tomorrow, from what I understand, unless the whole Lillard thing. I know we used Uh to back in the 90s, the Drexler thing. But, I mean, the Lillard thing, in a sense, is... 
is over from the standpoint of he's been moved. But Dwight is expected to do his show tomorrow ahead of the Beavers and Utah Utes. So I'll look forward to seeing a good friend to us, uh, Dwight James, a Joe Beaver OG. Um, <laughs> but the the Lillard thing, the Lillard story, not complete because the trades and the swap picks and what's, and, what's the draft yeah, pick right. going to look like in 2029, 8, 9, 30. Drew Holiday, Drew what Holiday's will you get trade. back from him if indeed you're moving mm-hmm. him, which everybody says that's exactly what they're going to do. Sure. So to break all of that down, a friend who can talk to us about that and so many other things, Dwight James joins us on the Joe Beaver Show. Dwight, good morning. How are you? I'm good. And did you say I'm a Joe Beaver OG? Yes, I did. Aren't you? Whatever that means. Proud of it. Absolutely. Thank you, Dwight. And not only a Joe Beaver OG, do you remember, I hope you do, maybe, maybe I hope you don't for your sake, but we did a show, Ivan put a show together ahead of Portland Beaver baseball games back in 1989 called Let's Talk Baseball. And we, you came out to a, a, a card shop somewhere in Tualatin or wherever it was to join me. And our setup was maybe a little less th- than desirable in terms of the technology of it all. Do you remember that day at all, Dwight? Yeah, I do. Exactly. <laughs> I couldn't tell you what we talked about other than baseball and probably a little bit about baseball cards in my collection. But, um, yeah, I do remember it, Mike, and I am planning to see you tomorrow at the Utah game. We're really looking forward to doing our show down there from 3 to 6 o'clock. Yeah, and let's a couple of things on that before we get to the trade itself. But you, it's not Chad, is that right? You're coming down with another member of the Rip City family, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris Burkhardt is going to join me, and uh, um, we're looking forward to it. It's it's really going to be fun. I haven't seen uh, what I call the new stadium Mm -hmm. now, and uh, looking forward to that. And so, um, and really a chance to see the Beavers, uh, who I I picked to win the conference actually a couple weeks Mm. ago. That becomes tougher, of course, with your margin for error severely limited now, <laughs> yes. but, but you know, it, it is a week to week proposition. If they win Friday, Nick Aliotti was on with us yesterday, said you beat the youth. You're still, you're still there. You're still in it. You just got to go week to week with little margin for error. On what basis did you pick them? And then just, I guess, sort of Dwight, how do you feel about where you are right now with making that pick? Well, I, I, I had a lot of confidence in, in the coaching staff in their offensive and defensive lines. Uh, the only concern I had was pass defense, and I guess I still have that concern. Um, I thought they'd be a little more proficient offensively. I do expect improvement in that area with a new quarterback, but that's kind of why I did it, Mike, and uh, I still like the reasons that I did that. I just, uh, I want I guess I want to see more of that. Yeah. Well, and and it's just one game, and it's so early, right, Dwight? Because I, I kind of was thinking the same thing you are, and it's like, okay, well, get yourself, get the ship righted by, in, in theory, a big upset over number 10. That'll go a long way. And in sports, isn't it true, especially in a seven-game series, whatever sport it is, that no matter what the scenario is, if it's 3 nothing, if the one team that's down 3 nothing gets one win, oh, everybody's on their bandwagon, and they might come back and win this series. It might be the same 
for the duration of the season with Oregon State. You know, John, uh, that is so true. We're also in an era of tremendous overreaction <laughs> and uh, a lot of recency bias. Uh, you know, you could talk great players in all time, and it's always come, for a lot of people, it comes down to great players I watched rather than people they don't, they didn't see play, but might be greater than the ones they watched. And and I fight that battle all the time. You know, it's like the Dame Lillard greatest blazer of all time thing. And um, maybe, maybe not. And, but the ones who say that never saw Clyde Drexler play right. and they never saw Bill Walton play. And, and, uh, and I'm talking about not a few crusty old videos, but actually saw him play game after game after game. And I think that might change your opinion a bit, but that's just the way the country is and the world is right now, I think. Yeah, and I, I like your reaction. I, I, I agree with what you're saying there, and I love how you handle your detractors. I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you, John. <laughs> yeah, but, and I that's... Have plenty of them, well, <laughs> I have plenty of them to practice with. <laughs> No, I'm talking about Twitter. I'm talking yeah. about how you respond. Every to one, yeah, every once in a while. Yeah. Every once in a while, there's a yeah. dissenting opinion on what Dwight says. That's true. And he does handle yeah. it well. I'm with you on that, Johnny. Uh, Dwight Jane's joining us on the Joe Beaver Show. Before we get to the trade itself, your overall thoughts as you analyze the three-team deal yesterday. A blockbuster, really a big deal in the NBA. Complicated in some respects. But you mentioned recency bias, maybe even us oldsters who said, well, I saw Willie Mays play. I saw Dwight. I did see, I saw Brooks Robinson play in person. I, I, we all watched him on television, the 1970 world series. I don't know how often you saw him or watched him, but is it, uh, is it your view? Because I lean more towards the older players and valuing them maybe more than I should with compared, comparing them to the current generation of great players. Where do you come in on Brooksy as the best defensive third baseman of all time? Uh, I think he's right there, Mike. I, I, uh, I saw him in person, too. I actually saw him drop a, a foul pop fly <laughs> against the Seattle Pilots in Seattle one day. Might be the only one he dropped in his career, but I did see that. Okay. Uh, uh, Tom Treblehorn and I drove up to see the Orioles and the Pilots play, and uh, <laughs> That's what we saw that day. But, uh, yeah, he's in the conversation. That's a position where um, <laughs> there have been some pretty good fielding third basemen. You know, Mike Schmidt and and uh, even uh, today's game, Austin Riley with the Braves has the most consistent throwing arm from over there that I think I've ever seen, mm-hmm. where he just never seems to throw a ball away, and it's just like a machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and Brooks is... Uh, He's one of those transcendental players who, who he's so much more than a baseball player. And, and you talk about uh, in Baltimore, I, I heard a story that people say that a guy went to give a speech and they were talking about Brooks Robinson and he just stopped the speech and he said, I just want to, I, I just want a comparison here. How many people in the room are named Brooks? <laughs> about 50 people raised their hands, men and women, because in Baltimore for a long time, people were naming their kids after Brooks Robinson, and that, that's a big deal. Then you know you're admired when people start naming their kids after you. Six Stadium with treble horn in '69. Whoa! Not only Brooks dropping a pop fly, so that's notable. Last thing on this, and we'll get to the trade. 
But what, what was Sick Stadium like, Dwight, from Major League Baseball? <laughs> what do you what do you make of it? And that? where was it? Yeah, where exactly was it in in Seattle? Uh, you know, that's a, that's a real hard question for me because it was so long ago. Right. Uh, my memory is that it was in South Seattle somewhere, uh, not in a gray area, kind of, a. um, well, I'm not going to characterize the neighborhood. It, it was a triple A ballpark, uh, not too unlike Vaughn street park for those old enough to remember that, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the characteristics of a minor league park. And then for the pilots, and I had been up there to see the, the Rainiers play the Beavers, and, and they just added a bunch of bleachers down the lines and in the outfield to make it a big league park. And they knew it was a temporary. It was a temporary fix, and, and uh, there was nothing wrong with that. It got them big league baseball, but uh, it, it was not a great ballpark. Did Bouton pitch that day? No. Okay. I wish he had. Yeah. I wish he had. Uh, but no, he did not. And I can't recall exactly who did. But um, uh, it was kind of interesting because I knew Bill Shonlin back then. Mm-hmm. I was a clubhouse boy for the Beavers. And he used to come in doing Rainier's games. Mm-hmm. And he, he and his partner would bring their radio gear up to the clubhouse in the Multnomah Club to store overnight rather than bringing it all the way back to the hotel of the game. They didn't want to leave it in the press box. And so uh, Bill was around, and, and I recall the big personality, and, and uh, uh, I recall uh, a lot of things about Bill from those days. Yeah. But later, of course, did the pilots with Jimmy Dutton. Absolutely. Good stuff, Dwight. And, and I, I'm just – I keep saying last thing. There was a trade, and it was a pretty big one, but – Speaking of Major League Baseball, it said it got them. Six Stadium was good enough in 1969 to get them Major League Baseball. We visited with John Spolstra recently on a show a few weeks back in Portland. He said, and you know, I, John's a very shrewd man who he said he thinks the baseball, the Portland Major League Baseball, he's, he just said he thinks that ship has sailed. That it unlikely, it probably won't happen. But, but from the perspective of the politicians. Yeah, I mean, do you... <laughs> Where are are we anywhere? I mean, is the Portland Diamond Project still behind the scenes at work in ways we don't know? What, what can, is there anything you could tell us about that? Yeah, I can tell you they are still behind okay. the scenes working hard, and I think they're finally settling on a on a site for the ballpark that isn't necessarily in the city of Portland, which is probably a faster track to getting a stadium built and trying to build one in Portland. Um, with all the red tape involving things that go on in Portland. So that helps a lot. And look, it's just going to come down to what, what's the best place for a major league park, uh, Nashville, Salt Lake city or Portland. And I think those three cities are really going to be the ones that are going to be involved in it. And, and honestly, I don't think they want another team in the Rocky mountain time zone. I think they want a team in the Pacific time zone. That's a big help, I believe. Uh, I, I I still hold out hope, Mike. Okay. Okay. You know the whole process. Major League Baseball is glacier-like in the way it moves, and you're going to see. Oh, we've got to have a committee to study expansion. Then we're going to interview expansion candidates, and then we're going to do it. But it's still going to be three years off, and then you know, on and on and on. I do think it would have been better had uh, what used to be Civic Stadium, Multnomah Stadium had not been turned into a soccer-only stadium so that you had 
a temporary facility that you could use for a couple of years mm -hmm. as a site. Now, that would have worked much better for a relocation situation like the A's, where that team could have just picked up and moved right, right. now, right. you know, and moved right into yeah. the ballpark. But the city let that happen, and, and of course, one, you know, the city has not been of much help since Vera Katz left office. That's basically okay. my take on that. What is your take, then, on the three-way blockbuster and Dwight, you, yeah, I'm sure you talked about it all day yesterday on your show. So, what do you make of it? How do the Blazers come out, in your opinion? Yeah, Mike, we did four hours on it mm -hmm. yesterday, and the phone lines never stopped. Could have done another four, probably. I, 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 I think there's some gambles on all sides of the trade, and most people are saying, hey, all sides won, and I, I'm not necessarily convinced of that. Uh, I, I do think some things behind the scenes... I. I think Milwaukee made the deal at the behest of Giannis, who had threatened to leave. And I'm not so sure part of his threat behind the scenes wasn't go get Damian Lillard or I'm going to leave. Mm -hmm. And uh, they've always been friends. They, they work out together at times. Uh, don't forget in the All-Star choose-up sides game that Giannis picked game first uh, over his teammate, uh, Holiday. And so... Uh, but I think on Milwaukee's part, it is a bit of a gamble because they're going to have to change the way they play. And Dame's going to have to fit into that, too. And they're losing one of the best two-way players in the NBA. And I, I'm often amused by how much people ignore defense as part of the winning equation. But because, uh, you know, it doesn't show up in the box score, basically. And you don't see it when you're watching the game too much. And certainly most people don't notice how people defend the pick and roll and how they help others and all those things that go into good defense, but they're losing a really good one. And, and he's not going to stay in Portland. I, I don't think there's any question the Blazers are, are going to deal Drew Holiday probably before training camp. I think as quick as they can, they will move him and uh, we'll see what they get. I think Phoenix took a gamble. They, they traded Aiton away for a player who's not nearly as good as Aiton is. Because Aiton was a problem for them. I think he was disappointed he didn't get the ball more. I don't think he got along real well with Monty Williams. All of those things. Uh, but Nurkic uh, has to stay healthy for that to make sense for them. And to their credit, they won't ask him to do as much as he had to do in Portland. They won't need him to score a point. Just rebound big guy and play a little bit of defense. That's what they're going to ask him to do. Dwight, do do the issues that that Aiton may have had in Phoenix is that a red flag for him coming to Portland? Well, John, I don't know if it's a red flag, but it is something I think you need to be concerned about. And the idea that um, he'll be different in another locale that could be true, but it could not be true too. And I just don't know. I don't know enough about him. I heard a lot of stories. I know he had a steroid issue at one point. Um, there, there have been other things I've heard, but uh, I, I'm certainly willing to see him have another chance. I think that every player needs that. They don't always end up in the best possible place for them. That's for sure. We've seen that over and over. But um, the big thing here is I think Portland had to move Dame. They, they were painted into a corner. Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of unusual the path they took, though, guys. I, 
I, this whole idea of saying for a year they were going to build around Dane, um, that was said publicly. Season ticket holders were told that they were going to try and build. They passed up opportunities to trade their first-round pick, especially this last year when they, they could have traded the number five pick, let alone the number three that they ended up getting after the lottery, and they did not do that. So I, I question whether their intent ever was to build around him, and I wouldn't blame him, blame them if it wasn't because I don't really think it was possible. Now, this people think is a hot take. He's not a number one on a championship team. That's why going to Milwaukee is perfect for him. He can be the number two guy there. Giannis is still going to be the guy. He's the number one guy that's going to decide whether you win a title or not. Dame will be a really good guy around the edges, scoring points, whatever. Now, he has to accept that role. And he'll be around to see if he does, because I think he thinks he's the number one guy in a championship team, and most of his fans do too. And, and the level of depression around here about him leaving is is deep. Mm. And uh, I, I'm fortunate not to experience that because I've been around it so long, and you guys know, Mike, you've been around a while too. Players come and go. And, and you don't get, at least in our business, you don't get so attached to them that, you know, it's just not a big impact when they leave and because they're going to leave. They always leave. You know, it's just what happens. They either get traded or they retire or they get cut, you know, and, and uh, or they get suspended. Who knows? But <laughs> it's just part of the sport. But fans, on the other hand, are deeply devoted, and, and they get to love these guys, and, and that's just the way it is. Last two things. John has a, the biggest question of all at the end, but I'm going to ask you just about, given all of that, painted into the corner and so on, stories I'm reading indicate that given that, the draft capital, the asset that Holiday is, Aiton's upside, the potential draft picks at the end of the decade could look better when Milwaukee goes into a period of decline after these next few years. I mean, you buy all of that, that all things considered, Cronin and the front office pulled off a reasonably good deal with the assets they get back in return. I, I would, Mike, except I want to wait and see what they get for Holiday. To okay. me, the whole thing hinges on that. Because, you know, right now you got you got Aiden and Holiday, really. That's what you got. And they're not going to use Holiday, so it depends on what you get for uh, him that really matters. Because Aiden's not enough. You know, you got to get more than that. I, I, I'm sorry, but I've never been a fan of taking draft picks five, six mm-hmm. years out. Because you just have no idea what they are. And usually by that time, it's going to be a lot of different players, a different general manager, and in the case of the Trailblazers, different ownership. And so if I'm buying tickets this year, next year, the year after, I don't care about those picks because they're too far in the future. So I am um, not a fan of that. And I, I, would, I would hope for Holiday, if they take back draft picks, they can get something in the next year or two okay. for him because the other ones aren't going to help these guys. I'll tell you, I agree with everything you say, and and I'm called by my friends and family sometimes a grumpy old man. So, um, well, <laughs> welcome to the club. Right? <laughs> exactly, because you're absolutely right, especially on the draft picks. Everything can change. All right, so the biggest question, really, to close here is you you touched on it, ownership. Where do you think they are? Because at first we saw, okay, Paul Allen had it in his will that the team will be sold, but there was no time limit on it. Then Jody Allen comes in. Everybody says, 
eh, she doesn't really care. But then she starts to, goes to games. You see her at the, the draft getting involved. And then it got quiet again. And we hear rumors of they're going to sell. What do you think the future of this team is, either with this ownership group or even the rumors of, uh, of Phil Knight trying desperately to buy the, the Portland Trailblazers? Well, John, I, I think they should have sold it a year ago. I, I, I think I don't know that she wants to sell, to tell you the truth. I, and I don't know why, whether it's the attention she's getting out of this. I don't think she really is involved with the team. I think her, I think Bert Cold is kind of doing all that and probably not doing a real good job of it because he never has before when he's tried to interfere. But I think, uh, it should be sold and they need to get somebody in who's going to be very involved who's going to care a lot, who's going to back up their caring with money. Uh, what I've seen within their organization, guys, is a lot of longtime employees in the front office that maybe aren't visible to the public being let go and replaced by people making half as much money. And I think the whole idea is to slim down the payroll, either because they're cheap or because they want it to look good for a new buyer, whatever I think they're on a path where they just need to sell that team. Dwight, it is great talking to you. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. We're not quite to tomorrow yet, but we got closer during the conversation. <laughs> thank you for your yeah, thank you for fine. your time as always, Dwight. And we look forward to seeing you tomorrow at Reeser Stadium. Thanks for uh, joining the Joe Beaver Show. Always a pleasure, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Thank Thanks, you, Dwight, sir. the Godfather of Portland sports. Let's break any reaction to the trade. The Drew Holiday deal, he's right. He said, yeah, okay, talk to me and see what they get for Drew, and he's almost 100% going to be moved. But one of the writers in the athletics says the Blazers have some draft, they have some leverage here. There's 10 contending teams that would like to have Drew Holiday, and Miami's one of them. So it could ironically be, well, the Blazers didn't trade Damian to Miami. They'll end up dealing with Miami and trading Drew and getting people back from the heat who will say, well, We'll settle on Holiday, a better defender, not the score and the dynamic player, the great player that Damian was, but Drew's a good player, very good player. So we'll see what the Blazers can get back, but they're in a pretty good position because Drew is a coveted asset for contending teams. I have to ask you a question that will expose my lack of knowledge on the NBA. Well. Is he better? Is he not better than Scoot Henderson or well, anybody that that's they have? another Why good argument? It's another good argument. Well, yeah. we'll talk about it next <laughs> on Joe Radio. At Albin's Plumbing, we're boring. Hi, I'm Katie Albin, and I want everyone to know that at Albin's Plumbing, we're boring. Directional boring, to be exact. So if you need to run a pipe underground, under a driveway, or under a sidewalk, and you don't want to destroy your yard in the process, the boring people at Albin's Plumbing can help you with your directional boring. Just give us a call. At Albin's Plumbing, plumbing's all we do. Call 754-8282, Albin's Plumbing. Stargazer Premier Florist in Corvallis knows that a meaningful gift can brighten someone's day and have them feel appreciated, whatever the occasion is. Choose from Stargazer Premier Florist's wide selection of fresh floral arrangements, bountiful bouquets, gift baskets, and houseplants, always delivered fresh with a focus on keeping families and friends connected. Stop in, call, or view Stargazer's Premier Selection online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist, 925 Northwest Circle Boulevard in Corvallis. Touchdown, Beaver! If you're ready to tackle your financial game plan, 
It's time to huddle up with the best and meet the coaching staff at Tax and Wealth Management. David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, and Robert Berry. With over 45 years of experience, they know the entire playbook when it comes to tax planning, retirement, and business strategies. So don't fumble. Call or stop by Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis or visit taxandwealthmanagement.com. Going to hear a lot of that tomorrow night. You did research. I hope so. Session with Sarah coming up at 1230. Well, actually, no, because that means the other team has a third down. Well, well, uh, yeah, but get them in third down and go, man, go. True. I, I understand true, what you're but saying. Just get the ball in, yeah. in a pickoff oh. or a fumble, yeah, pick fumble recovery. I like that, too. <laughs> Turnover chainsaw will be active. Then. Yeah. So maybe that's what Here. I meant. That's what I meant. Here. Session with Sarah at 1230. Any questions or texts for her, feel we free to send them. Uh, Drew Holiday, there is an argument to keep him around, to, to work with the younger mm-hmm. Scoot Henderson, to work with the younger Nucleus and help mentor them and develop them. That, that's thrown into some of the articles, but that isn't why he's being acquired. But his basically, what we, we, we just talked about this off the air, his, his trade value is better than his mentorship value. Than his value. mentorship value. He's a good player, but the Blazers can kind of, in a sense, be in control of who they want to get back for this very valuable person that yeah. Drew Holiday would be to a team that thinks he's the guy that can put him over the top. What do you got on the phone? Amy, I didn't see this before yeah. we, we hung up with Dwight. She wants to know, and it's a good question, where they're going to do their show from. Is it going to be like... So It'll be can... within the press box at research. Okay, that's, yeah. what, that's what I yeah. kind of thought. Okay, Thanks, Amy. So sorry about that. Uh, Dave from Sandy says, our son Tyler, who's a diehard Blazer fan, said that the trade was very good for all teams involved. Now I just saw where Utah is going to try to go with cam rising tomorrow he sent this in and yet or tomorrow and another thought uh yay for adley carrying the orioles to the brink of the best in the al what a great time of year to be a sports fan and joe beaver fan thanks guys have a great day dave from outside of sandy thank you dave we do have a couple of uh, some more questions coming in for sarah and i i don't want to click on them okay. until we right. get sarah on um here's one from doug from salem because it says, Dear Joe Beaver Show. Nobody else writes that way. Mm-hmm. I am here again to provide both hope and maybe misinformation. <laughs> Us Beavers must keep hoping for a better future. Today, there may be a hearing at the Oregon State Capitol building, and the time will be 2.30 p.m., and it may be in hearing room F. Uh, and make sure you go to the hearing on higher education and not the hearing on education. Um they are different hearings at the same time. Many of the Oregon State administrative staff will be there, well, administrators will be there to testify on the harm caused so many institutions. Doug from Salem. So he's cryptically saying it may be in room F, it may be here in Salem, and it may be today at 2.30. Sarah will join us to talk to, uh, she'll address the hearing today about you know, kind of what it's all about, the why and the wherefore, and what what the purpose in having it for Oregon State, as she'll join us, amongst other things, to talk about that at 1230. And while I was talking about next Thursday's um, Joe Beaver Roadshow at the new Ace Hardware, and I was just imagining, I lived in Corvallis up there for years and years and years, so I just kind of think, well, okay, Kings, well, 24th where, where and could King. that be? Is it the old Albertsons? No. it's uh, Shane writes in to say it's in the um, shopping center where Winco is. And that used, oh, to, be, yeah. that used to be my Winco mm-hmm. that I would go to. Yes. Uh, very, very often. And, oh, 
check on the Iron Man statue status. We need to find oh, out where the yes, Iron Man statue Sarah is. Sarah said she would ask, but yeah. whether she's found out, we don't know. Yeah, and all these okay. others are for Sarah. Okay, very good. So thank you, and we'll line them up. If you have some, as Sarah has said, she'll take questions. We might mm-hmm. even be able to take some on the air via the Downward Dog phone line. It's a little bit easier to just, do just the text. deal the text, mainly because we're in a small little room together. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit like the poor room they put Oppie in, and Oppenheimer in the hearing, and that that uh, rather shameful overall hearing that he was subjected to. And the film Oppenheimer Oppenheimer draws it out. John, I did I did read something today mm-hmm. that uh, was one of the best things I've ever read. <laughs> Two things. It, I actually. don't know that people are going to no. They won't what fully understand, but I share it with you that. In 1946 at the Shoreham Hotel in Washington, D.C. And this is only for people who are really uh, Joe Beaver OGs, <laughs> people who, <laughs> you know, people who, who are around us and, and me. And, yeah, and there's a few who, but you, Big G, Gligorier, Rakorchevich, Sean <laughs> Scheffler, <laughs> Tyler Opp, Tyler Kopp, and others. I have a tendency on occasion to... You know, and you've heard it here, yeah. you know, loud noises I hear and I don't like. I go, whoo, whoo. You do. Yeah. It, it's, it's almost it's a bit of a tick. It's a tick. And I, I'm, you know, I'm worried that you're doing it I for know. fun to amuse yourself. I think so. My worry is that you will, you will be the first case in, in case study to give yourself the tick. Well, to where you can't I just control the it. loud noise. And, whoo, whoo. Well, <laughs> I. I read today. Okay, so we're walking through yeah. Reeser, last home game. I'm with you. We're trying yes. to get back to the press box. And you, hey, hey, how you doing? Yeah. And oh, hey, there you go. And you, you know, hug here and keep walking. Uh, uh, and you're making all these noises. Loud noises. Well, <laughs> I read today, page 340 of the Jim Galvan given to me Oppenheimer biography, which is a wonderful, fascinating read. Oh, yeah. my gosh. I want to go see the movie again to have a fuller and better understanding of things. I haven't seen things. it yet, and I can't wait. But... David Lilenthal writes in his diary, meeting with uh, Oppenheimer today and Dean Acheson and somebody else talking about a plan they tried to put forward about international control of uh, atomic power and so on, advanced as an idea by Oppie and others in 46. But it said watching Oppenheimer walk through, pacing back and forth, he would occasionally make whoo, whoo sounds. <laughs> <laughs> and it said it was a very strange mannerism. <laughs> But it it gives you hope. And I just thought, oh my gosh, one thing in life, in the history of life in common with a great man. (laughs) (laughs) All all great men make weird, crazy sounds. (laughs) It made me laugh out loud. We've got an hour to go. Sarah Elcano coming back uh, at 1230. Open phones coming up. The Joe Beaver Show on 1240 (laughs) Joe Radio. Here's the microphone. Is this thing on? This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. 1240 Joe Radio. This is a Bloomberg Money Minute. With mortgage rates the highest they've been in 23 years, more home sellers are dropping their asking prices, offsetting those rates to make those deals happen. Redfin reports a price drop in roughly one in 15 U.S. home sales over this past month. Meantime, pending home sales last month, deals that have been agreed to, not yet finalized, they fell to the lowest level in three years because of higher rates. 
The U.S. economy grew at a pace of 2.1% in the spring second quarter, a solid number considering runaway inflation and higher rates. And with initial jobless claims a little softer than expected last week, stocks are higher today. The Dow up about a fifth of a percent. The Nasdaq two-thirds of a percent higher. The S&P 500 up half a percent. And California's governor signing a law that raises the minimum wage for fast food workers in that state to $20 an hour, the highest in the land as of next April 1st. It applies to chains that have at least 60 locations nationwide. Tom Busby, Bloomberg Radio. Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis, and they represent numerous insurance companies. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see Mike Eaves, Taylor Starr, Tom Worth, or Chad Sherwood. They'll help you find an insurance plan that works best for you. Call or stop by at 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. Unified Insurance Group, your hometown team, always putting you first. Hi, everybody. This is Mike Parker. We recently had the need to replace some major appliances, and I'm delighted to report that we called Brandon and his team at Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon. We couldn't be happier with our experience. They answered all of our questions, put us in the best deal, and promptly delivered and installed a new washer and dryer. When you are in need of an appliance, I strongly encourage you to call Kellenberger Appliance. Visit Kellenbergers.com or stop by Kellenberger Appliance at 21 North Main Street in Lebanon. A big thank you from the Parkers to Kellenberger Appliance. Touchdown, Beavers! If you're ready to tackle your financial game plan, it's time to huddle up with the best and meet the coaching staff at Tax and Wealth Management, David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, and Robert Berry. With over 45 years of experience, they know the entire playbook when it comes to tax planning, retirement, and business strategies. So don't fumble. Call or stop by Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis or visit taxandwealthmanagement.com. Stargazer Premier Florist in Corvallis knows that a meaningful gift can brighten someone's day and have them feel appreciated, whatever the occasion is. Choose from Stargazer Premier Florist's wide selection of fresh floral arrangements, bountiful bouquets, gift baskets, and houseplants, always delivered fresh with a focus on keeping families and friends connected. Stop in, call, or view Stargazer's Premier Selection online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist, 925 Northwest Circle Boulevard in Corvallis. Hi, I'm Dennis Silvers, the golf guru, with another Golf Minute to help give you a sure thing. To be a good sand player, you need to have a good overall technique, and part of that is your grip. A weak grip in the sand accounts for weak results. Placing your thumb on the top of the shaft so the V of your thumb and forefinger point to your chin helps encourage a swing that's too steep and takes away too much sand. A shallower swing arc is best for greenside bunker play. Here's what to do. To promote a shallower swing, strengthen your right hand on the club at address. The V that is formed should point towards your right shoulder. This helps bring the club back flatter so the club enters the sand on a shallower angle. Done correctly, your ball will be easily lifted out of the sand and roll onto the green towards the pin. So remember, when in the sand, you want to sure out. Strengthen your right hand and shallow your swing. For the Golf Minute, I'm Dennis Silvers. Some days I cover up because of my moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Now I'm hitting the road with clearer skin thanks to Sky Rizzy, Rizemkism of Rizza, a prescription-only 150 milligram injection for adults who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy. With Sky Rizzy, three out of four people achieved 90% clearer skin at four months. And Sky Rizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. 
Don't use if allergic to Skyrizi. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. Thanks to Skyrizi, there's nothing on my skin. And that means everything. Your doctor today about Sky Rizzi, the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis. And visit skyrizzi.com or call 1-866-SKY-RIZZI to learn more. For so very long, it's been... Go on, George. Tell how it's gonna be. But in the end, the commission only said... We figured it 17 different ways. And every time we figured it, it was no good because no matter how we figured it... But no matter how you figure it out, I still don't get as much as anybody else. Somebody don't like the way we figured it. So now, there's only one way to figure it, and that is every man for himself. When Black Friday comes, this is the end. It's the end of the world. It's the end of the world as we know it. Or is it now? As a new year hits, through it all, Beaver Nation moves ahead with resiliency and hope. Sun's up. Mm-hmm. Looks okay, the world survives into another day. And the way forward goes through, as it must, the Joe Beaver Show with John Warren and Mike Parker. The number of times I heard these guys' voices over and over and over. Still can't find it. Nah, can't find it? We can help. This here is 1240. 1240. It's always been 1240. My client says it's 1240. Yeah. Plus 93.7 FM and streaming live at KEJOAM.com and on the KEJO app. It's the Joe Beaver Show. One other thing, too, from the Oppenheimer book that I'll get whew, that I'll get to now. Whew, I get to see Lilenthal. <laughs> what is it he say? Lilenthal wrote in his diary. It's a very strange mannerism. So did Gregorier <laughs> say, what big, are you doing, Big Mike? G liked it. Big G yeah. getting on and off the bus. Hey, Mike. Whew. You know, those are things off the I've air. I've seen Wayne Tinkle do it. Yeah, too. and t- Wayne, hey, hey, who? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad to know that at least the great one, the great man, started it. I don't know how I picked up yeah. on it. but, but. And I fall, you know, you and I are a, a, together a lot, and I, I, I don't do it. I know you don't, and I'm not. My, my, my family gets mad, but I say, hey, at least you know it's me coming. I'm in the room. I told you 20 years ago. I know, I know. I said, you're, when you retire, you're going to long be retired in your 80s, sitting on a bench, talking to yourself. It could be. <laughs> it's going to be. be what, and you won't have anything wrong with you. I need to have somebody listen. So I got to talk to myself. <laughs> and we've got open phones now until Sarah joins us at 1230. 497-5356 on the Downward Dog phone line, the University Honda text line. I'm going to pull this line out in Berkeley next weekend because Berkeley, he was on campus with Joe Weinberg on campus in Berkeley. Weinberg asked in 1946, what if the effort for an international uh, atomic development authority failed? Oppenheimer said to Joe, quote, as he looked out the window on the Berkeley campus, Oppie said, well, we can enjoy the view as long as it lasts, unquote. And that was the kind of feeling he had, the ominous feeling. But it's also, when we get to Berkeley, I'm going to enjoy the view as long as it lasts. Because Berkeley and Memorial Stadium presents one of the great views 
of all time. It's one of the most spectacular settings in college football. And it's one that I will sorely miss. And yet, and yet, dot, 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 Kyle Whittingham is being criticized by some people in Big 12 country, the Utah head coach, by kind of implying that this whole Big 12 world may not be for that long. You never, you know, and he may not be far wrong in terms of how college football is going to look in a few years. Well, and so, so, some, on, uh, some have come out and said, some mean higher up people have come out and said, well, when everything changes in two years or right. three years from now, right. and it's like, oh, well, really? Well, what do you mm-hmm. mean when everything changes? You, you want to expand on that? And that's Kyle when asked about, well, you're playing UCLA for the last time. And he's kind of going, are you sure? Are we? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so for me with Berkeley, I'm going to quote the Oppenheimer. We'll enjoy this view as long as it lasts. Well, maybe we'll be back there again in the nearer future than we yeah. at present think it's going to be. And when there's we, always non-conference. When we go to that beautiful stadium next week. Yeah, it is pretty. It is a gorgeous view. <laughs> Mike good. Riley used to say, Mike, let's do the pregame interview. Let's climb the stairs. Yeah. And get the view of the of you know from looking across from the east across the bay to San Francisco. And the, thing, and the funny thing is, is that nothing else about it is good. In other words, the school is in an area where you have to be a millionaire to live in a three bedroom, two bath house. Hard to get assistant coaches. The stadium itself is well, it's okay, mm-hmm. it's not bad, but it's real old. They redid the the press box. I haven't seen it yet. Um, the town, you know, and nearby Oakland, it's it's like. Wow, that's a beautiful scene, scenery, but that's the only thing good. The campus is beautiful, and Strawberry yeah, Canyon yeah, it itself is, is it spectacular. Is. So so will tomorrow night be. Standing room only tickets remain. Sarah can give us an update on that, how many of those are left. A sellout again coming. It'll be a great atmosphere Friday night. Dave and Dan, Dan and Dave, I think we should start oh, a campaign ah. on the Joe Beaver show. <laughs> uh, they're both ready to go. Uh, Dave up first. Dave's been holding long. Yeah, so we'll go to Dave. Dan, hang on. We want to get your full thoughts as well. Dave, good afternoon. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show as we head to Tumwater. Uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. <clears throat> well, things are heading our way, I would say, based on, on several um, uh, points of view. But when Bill Hancock, coming out of the two-day uh, college football limited liability organization, thank you, Alan Thayer, uh, says that just because there's never been a two-team conference, I quote, doesn't mean there can't be one. When Bill Hancock is talking your tune, you know things are going your way. Yep. So I listened to Alan Thayer's podcast. Uh, Mike, thanks for sending that. You know, BBEL, that's becoming a thing. I mean, it's becoming that Beavers behind enemy lines. It's, it's getting to be a thing in terms of a go-to place to find out what's going on. It's certainly on a par with locked-in Big 12, and I was glad to see that Alan Thayer picked up on what those two guys had to say that I, uh, I talked to you about the other day. But when, but when Bill Hancock is talking the way he is, when Clemson and Florida State are sending signals that they have found a way out of the ACC and they want to – Join with some other colleges on a streaming deal. Gentlemen, you know things are going your way. So we can talk about Brooks Robinson. We can talk about Alan Thayer. By the way, Hancock also said, I hope Coach DeBoer is listening. Not. When Bill Hancock says a lot of the next college football playoff 
quote-unquote broadcast is going to be streaming. You know how far out of touch Coach DeBoer was. That guy, he's the equivalent. I'm choosing my words carefully here. <laughs> he is the equivalent. I used it earlier with Colorado when I likened them to the guy who assassinated Archduke Ferdinand. Actually, it was Coach DeBoer. He brought this all about because he panicked, not realizing the trend of, of things to come, which Alan Thayer also went into at length on his podcast last night. But UW panicked. They brought UW with them. And as Alan Thayer himself spoke about in this podcast, which is why you're right not to say that, why, why Coach Whittingham's right to say this is not the last time UCLA and Utah will be playing. Uh, Alan's whole point about what he, what he called them now, the, um, the prodigal parties. <clears throat> There's an, if, they, if the Oregon State and Washington State hang out for the long ball alternative mm-hmm. and they re, rebuild the Pac-12 uh, with, the, with the seizing of the assets, driving a hard bargain on the college football players, Hancock has already admitted Oregon State and Washington State, they have the assets. He's admitted it effectively. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to enlarge on that. Right. But he's effectively admitted what the guys on the pack on the locked in Big Twelve podcast had to say. Hmm. Hancock has substantiated that point mm-hmm. of view. So they got to hang tough. The, the time uh, uh, Thayer's point about the fact they're not rushing into uh, uh, the preliminary uh, uh, the hearing. Oregon State, Washington State, they're playing the long game. They're looking to rebuild the Pac-12, bringing back some of the prodigal partners, maybe the four-corner schools mm-hmm. except for California, which would be the three-corner schools, maybe, maybe not uh, the University of Oregon or University of Washington. So, um, uh, anyway, it, I, I'm feeling optimistic. Good. I think that we, we might have, uh, you might have cast some, Jade, Mike, and whether the guys on locked, uh, locked in uh, Big 12 know what they're talking about, I think Hancock substantiated it. We have a long way to go. The long stall strategy is playing out. The thing about the 44 minute hearing today up in Salem, mm-hmm. that's just to build the case for damages yes. against the conference and maybe the University of Oregon and the University of Washington. Mm-hmm. And Dave, I'm confident yeah. that in their in their in their in their assessment of the cards they have in hand, the administrators, President Murphy, President Schultz, they're sitting pretty, and there's nothing that happened with the college football playoff board meeting to make me think otherwise. Great. And Dave, I'm not Great. sure what what you're referring to, uh, the information about Hancock, but I, I noticed and I printed it out. I can't find it anywhere, but here it is. This article by Heather Dinich from ESPN. Hancock is quoted about their meetings. And what I got from this was a lot of the things you're talking about, but another thing, and that is the viability that uh, a rebuilt Pac-12 from the Pac-2 could very well be a group, uh, a Power Five conference, not necessarily a group of five. And I like that. That sounded really good. And like you say, he he even made it sound too in a lot of his quotes in this article that he he sees the the Pac-12 is still a viable thing and that that Oregon state and Washington state will get the assets and, and so on and so forth. I can only repeat myself mm-hmm. at this point, John, when Hancock, he knows what he is saying. He's going on the record with the main college football reporter for ESPN. When he says just because there's never been a two team conference before, doesn't mean there can't be one. John, that's telling you there's going to be one. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it sure feels and sounds that way, Dave. Hey, Dave, before you go, we've got Dan hanging on deck. Uh, speaking of on deck, baseball term that we've used forever, it's common in the language. Bob Costas, one of the great announcers of all time, was on with uh, two Hall of Famers, Costas and Chris Russo, talking about another Hall of Famer yesterday in Brooks Robinson. I'm sure you reveled in the conversation. What, what could you, how would you sum it up? Well, I, uh, Bob spent most of his time kind of recapitulating uh, uh, Brooks's career stats, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, his best seasons, his MVPs. Uh, he, he dwelt a long time on the 1970 postseason. I mean, Brooks hit more than 500 in the mm-hmm. series against the Twins. He hit four-something in the series against the Reds. He referred to it as the as the Brooks-Robinson series. Mm-hmm. When baseball is the ultimate team game, you know, football can make a good case, uh, certainly more so than basketball. But when, a, when an entire World Series is identified with one player, you know that was a, that was a, a significant yes. uh, accomplishment. And the thing about Brooks, Brooks that Costas met, uh, said, he always had his best moments on the biggest stages. That is the true hallmark of greatness. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Dave, thank you so much. I'm glad I'm glad you're feeling it today. Are you going to be here tomorrow night? Oh, oh yeah. I'll be uh, yeah. leaving with my son early in the morning. We'll be in town early, uh, schnozzing around, uh, so to speak, and doing a little tailgate uh, partying and may even have time to darken John's shadow at yeah. the tailgate show. Come on uh, in. Uh, dark, yeah, the OSU. Darken dark John's door over at the tailgate <laughs> show. Come on over. The OSU Beaver store at 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Dave, thank you. Thanks as always. Great to hear from you. We'll see you tomorrow at Research Stadium. Sarah Elcano joining us at uh, 1230 today. So get the questions lined up and we'll submit them to her when she joins us in a few minutes on the downward dog phone line. Let's go to Dan. Dan, thank you for your patience. Welcome to the Joe Beaver show. Yeah. Thanks guys. Take my call. I have not been able to listen much this week. And so you guys probably have talked about this already, but looking back at the Washington state game, it was the first game that I was able to watch on television. I'd been listening to, you guys on the radio previously. Um, but I just appeared that we just had, as far as the Beavers, missed tackle after missed tackle. And and then on regards to Washington State, um, Martinez was tripped up in the backfield multiple times with a ankle tackle. <laughs> and I just didn't know if you guys had been commenting about that or if that has been something you've noticed uh, throughout the other games. But... Um, well, For Dan, play specifically, they missed four tackles. They four, did. Four. They did. And, and that's where Jonathan Smith highlighted early. What have you been pleasantly surprised about coming out of camp that maybe you didn't know about your team? And after the San Jose State game, his first comment was, we tackled well. He said, you never know because you don't do enough live tackling in your practices and scrimmages, really. So he said he was pleased to see that. And through three games... One could, you couldn't make an argument that they were not tackling well, but against Washington State, they didn't particularly early. Uh, some players did, but a collective, uh, it was not the finest hour for that defense, no question. But it it says here on my notes that that will be considered the anomaly when you're, the year is done and Trent Bray's body of work, he deserves, I think, in, in our view as fans, Okay, let's see how they bounce back now against Utah and going forward, what they learned about 
how to deal with teams that spread it out and throw it all over the place. You hope that they've learned a lot from the Washington State game and the other challenges that are coming up on the schedule. So, Dan, you're right. They didn't tackle well, particularly early. But they did get better as the game went along. They reined him in a little bit better. And I still think Trent Bray and the defense and how he's coached these guys up deserves our continued belief that they're still a good tackling team and a good defensive team, even with that game now on their resume. Yeah. Well, just an observation, and they they have been very good defensively. And, and again, I think they only had one sack, didn't they, throughout the day? And they had two. They, they had only they credit him with one. They had two. I don't know how stats always yeah. work, but they had two. As to Damian, I think you're right. Damian, there there was one play in particular on a sweep left. If he if he gets through one tackle at the ankles, he scores down the left sideline, yeah. and he got tripped yeah. up. I'm sure you remember the play towards the Cougar sideline. That if he turns the corner, he's gone. And we've seen him turn the corner and do that. I'm not sure that was his finest hour, his best game. He took his his eye off the ball on the toss sweep early. That was painful. Uh, you know, there, so there were some things that made Deshaun Fenwick as more of the featured back as that game went along. They're going to need they're going to need both of them to play at a very high level tomorrow night. Yeah. Well, we're looking forward to to them bouncing back and having a good game and and uh, still Beaver believers. So thank you, Dan. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you guys. And um, one quick, when you're talking about the Orioles, Brooke Robinson, mm-hmm. you know, kid growing up when there wasn't enough kids to get around to play a real baseball game, but there were three or four of us that always had a wiffle ball game going. And one of my best friends growing up there back in one of your favorite towns, Van Meter, Iowa. Right. Um, always, always had the Orioles. And uh, Brooks was Brooks was a part of those wiffle ball games way back when. No question. And Frank, I'm sure <laughs> yeah. was too, and maybe even Mark Belanger. Hey, good talking to you, yeah. Dan. Thank, Thank you, you so guys. much. Let's go to Garrett, who's been attempting to get through, and I think about a watch party and whatever else, but this will be for those listening to our live stream and perhaps the podcast later all over the world, but in mm-hmm. the Seattle area. Let's head up to uh, the Seattle area. Garrett in Kirkland on the Joe Beaver Show. Hey, Garrett. Hey, hey, Mike and John. And, yes, of course, those things. I appreciate the intro, but it's, let's also talk about the human vacuum cleaner, Brooks Robinson. Yes. So I appreciate you giving him some love the last couple of days because he's uh, he was a star and, and will always be a star. No question. And, and, and a star who was such a gentleman, too, and beloved. And, and kids, you know, as, as Dwight said, you know, all of the kids that were named after him in the Baltimore area. I mean, that, that just tells you a lot about the way he carried himself and certainly the way he played. The human vacuum cleaner, the, you know, Hoover, uh, he was called a lot of things. But uh, to me, he will always be. I mean, I, I, I haven't seen anybody defend the position as well as Brooks Robinson. And now, and now getting to uh, the big game Friday where we've never been more excited to play Utah since they've been in the Pac-12 mm-hmm. than this week with our, with our chances playing at home, their lack of passing game, and our great running game and run defense. Don't you think? Yeah, I do. And, and Dave from Sandy alluded to whether he saw something or heard something. It's possible that Cameron Rising finally plays. 
But as Jim Wilson has uh-huh. said, even if he does, sure, even if he does make his debut and maybe he'll come out, you know, just a, a house of fire playing well, throwing it all over the place, running, challenging you. He could. He's that talented. But I still think there will be a little bit of rust to shake off against that Beaver defense at home, even for him. So I still expect to see. I think Nate Johnson's going to be the quarterback of record. That's my gut level guess. But there are intimations coming out of Salt Lake City that it could be Cam Rising. But either way, I still think the matchup is, is, a, is a decent one for the Beavs and the way they defend the run. And I think they'll be better equipped to deal with either quarterback for Utah tomorrow night. Better equipped than last Saturday night. Yes, yeah. And, uh, yeah, look, looking looking forward to it. Well, thank, thank you so much for, for uh, advertising and hyping up the, the watch party that we've got with the Alumni Association and the OSU Foundation. Um, so I appreciate you help getting the word out last week and then for the one tomorrow at Lucky Strike in Bellevue for all the Seattle people. Nice. Lucky Strike in Bellevue tomorrow night. So that'll be for Beaver believers in that area will go. I'm glad you've appropriated the place. Good for you, Garrett. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thanks for that. Anything else? That, that's it. Thank, okay, thanks, Mike. And yeah. n- number one bees, baby. Thanks for the call. Let's take a break and we'll come back with Sarah Elcano. Is that okay, John? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that'd be great. The athletic claims that Damian Lillard is the second best pull-up jump shooter in league history. Number one in is, league history. Uh, number one is uh, Jokic, I think, is what TJ said. Yeah. Jokic seven, seventeen. Oh no! Oh not, yeah! Not yeah. Oh, you mean the games. the uh, games one the fourteen point three seventeen for Jokic? Yeah. 17. Okay. Well, we just need to study our EPMs a little bit better and get to dunksandthrees dot com more often than we do. Dunks and threes. Bats and balls. <laughs> balls and bats. It's, uh, dunks and threes. What? It's not dunks. I'm in sporting goods, sir. What? <laughs> Eddie Alberts. What? Is one of the best delivered lines in the modern cinema. Well, I mean, I'm in sporting goods, sir. What? It depends on the time, the period. 1972, Doc. Neil uh, Simon wrote the line. The heartbreak know, kid. Were, they, I don't know that we had the big chains that were making the billions of dollars. Eddie Alp, well, you, you did have Rawlings and Spalding and all of that going yeah, on back then. Yeah. What? Bats and balls. <laughs> balls and bats. That's what you do. If you, do, if you don't know sports, you would, you would have that reaction. If you're a dad who's into money. and Eddie plays it well. Let, let me say that. He's good as the bad guy in the longest yard. Eddie could play the bad guy pretty darn well. Yeah. He wasn't real likable in the heartbreak kid, but really nobody was. But it's Jerry Seinfeld's favorite movie. He thinks well, the funniest of all time. He he's, he sure is an amiable character in, in Green Acres. That is true. A, a bit exasperated <laughs> most of the time with Sam Drucker and company and Mr. Ziffel. We'll come back with uh, Sarah Elcano next on Joe Radio. We set them up. You knock them down. Highland Bowl. We set them up. You knock them down. Highland Bowl. North Ninth Street, Corvallis. 
For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, this is Jake the glass man. Do you need to repair or replace your windshield? Do you have questions? Stop by or give me a call. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Freak guac? Not just any guacamole. Qdoba's guac is made fresh every day with avocados from Mexico and grown with love. Free queso? Not just any queso, but Qdoba's mouth-watering three cheese queso. Qdoba doesn't shy away from guac and queso. Add guac and queso to any entree free all day, every day. Qdoba Mexican Eats, making the world a flavorful place without charging extra. The Hardwood Center has decades of experience in providing specialty hardwood products and services to local woodworkers, contractors, and homeowners. Featuring many species of hardwood lumber, plywood, and locally milled slabs, a wide selection of hardwood flooring, and more. The Hardwood Center's expert staff will help you select the best products for your project. Stop by or call the Hardwood Center on Highway 34 between Albany and Corvallis. The Mid Valley's one-stop shop for fine hardwood products. Online at the Hardwood Center com go beeves summer's coming to an end school's back in session and you're thinking should i should i buy a new auto at power honda off the sandy mx at albany well with their new honda accord and crv hybrids hrvs ridgeline trucks pilots and with over a thousand pre-owned vehicles at mypowerhonda.com to choose from power honda in albany thinks the answer is absolutely positively a resounding Yes. It's quite possible. Uh, many things are. You have memory. We I, are alive with possibility. Yes. There was a guy in one of your college classes that came in here about 15 years ago, <laughs> 20 years ago, was standing in the hallway and you remembered him. Yeah. And we had a class together. You had a class together. At an institution that shall never be named part of the treacherous 10. So, therefore, you cannot forget no. many things. Yeah, I, I've forgotten many things. Okay, Mike Ross. Sarah Elcano, Senior Associate Athletic Director for External Operations, 13th year at Oregon State, graduate of Willamette U. Former player. Yes. Guard, I think. Basketball player. She, could pro- she probably has an opinion on the Lillard trade and so many other things, including her beloved Mariners, but she was dubious a month ago and they were riding high. Don't bring up the Mariners. I know. She just said, eh, I'm not soon. buying in yet, and it's painful. It's too soon. But sweep the four and you win the division. Uh, go, go, go. I suppose, but yeah. if you lose these games no, you've lost I know. in recent times. I know, but Sarah Elcano is of, I'm sure, even if she's a little dubious about the Mariners, you got to believe going into the weekend and that's true for the Beavers in Utah on Friday night. The Beavers, I haven't seen a line. It doesn't matter. We don't talk lines on the show. But I think the Beavers might still be favored as they host a team that's ranked ahead of them. That tells you so much about Reeser Stadium itself and the respect for the atmosphere, the team, of course, but the fan base and the atmosphere. And to talk about the atmosphere, the presence of another sellout crowd, many of your questions we'll get to for Sarah that you've submitted via the University Honda text line. Sarah, thanks for taking time for us. How are you today? I am doing great, and I I feel excellent about the beavers. 
Mariners. (laughs) I'm going to pull a mic here and drop a movie quote because it's what popped in my head when you when you were talking about the Mariners. Miracle on 34th Street. (laughs) I believe. I believe it is silly, but I believe. Okay. That's my thought. I like it. Regarding Santa Claus and Mm -hmm. uh, and the Mariners. It's a good pull. I like it. Good. Very good pull. Edmund Gwen, young Natalie Wood. Yes, that's a that's a fine motion picture to refer to. Now, you're you're really high though on the Beavers this weekend and tomorrow night. Tell us kind of where we stand. I talked to Aaron Meisel, ticket uh, director of ticket operations earlier in terms of available. There's it's a sellout officially with standing room. Do you have a sense, Sarah, of how many are left of those? Um, I would say a good handful. So you know we're in a good spot. If if that's what you're looking for to get inside, there are some standing room onlys available. Otherwise, yeah, at this point, I mean, true seats are gone. So it, it would be secondary market otherwise, um, if not interested in a standing room only ticket. Yeah, that's great. And and just as much as the, the day game and the afternoon games are coveted by fans, particularly those traveling afar, and we had one with San Diego State. Sarah, I don't know about you, but I'm excited about a night and evening game atmosphere with the students and the orange I, I mean, just what are your thoughts about what just uh, we'll experience together at the stadium tomorrow night? Yeah, I you know, I think night games now with the addition of the lights have really gone next level. And we barely got to see that at the end of the UC Davis game. This will be a true, you know, it's gotten a little later in the year, so it's a little bit darker earlier. Um, This is a later kick than that game was. So I think we're going to see the full effect of the lights at this game, as well as first game with students back. And they're going to be there in absolute full force. And, they, you know, they really, all of Beaver Nation drives the atmosphere. But when that student section is is packed and overflowing even, I, you know, I'm just expecting the place to be absolutely loud prior to kickoff. That'll make a huge difference. Speaking of fireworks or uh, of the light show, the fireworks are great, and I know there's the issue with dogs and things. That's been 20 years in the making. But can you purchase more? I, I'm sure everything is very expensive. More of the silent type fireworks to add to the light show, or is that just something that's not in the budget? And then maybe even shoot them off from both roofs. We have upped the amount of fireworks on our usual time that we do fireworks. So TNT team run out and scores. So we have increased the quantity that we do at at those points in the game. I don't think we'll add it anywhere else during the game. And it's one of those things that absolutely adds to the experience, the atmosphere, you know, the emotion of it. We don't want to do it too often, right? We all, we're, we're aware that we're a major college football stadium in a small college town. And so we want to be respectful to have that element, but not, not overkill. Sounds good. Sarah Elcano joining us. Questions submitted. We'll get to them in just a second. But one that I would love to kind of hear your thought concerning, Sarah, what's happening now a little less than two hours from now in Salem. What What is that exactly? What is the purpose of it? What kind of stuff will be presented? What are your thoughts about the hearing in two hours? So that hearing, it's with the, you guys may have covered this, but it, it's with Oregon's Interim House Committee on Higher Education. And each of the public institutions um, will have a spot on the agenda to speak, you know, on behalf of Oregon State, the president, um, athletic director, and a, a student athletes will have the opportunity to talk. And 
this is really about awareness. There, there won't be a vote today, you know, expecting that scenario to play out in February at their regular session. This is more, this is about awareness and the impact on the university system at large, on Corvallis, the communities surrounding Corvallis, and the impact there, as well as the entire Beaver State. And so this, this is, you know, everybody getting their chance to talk today. Um, I believe there's a portion at the end where there is some Q&A scheduled and then, you know, make everyone aware of, of what's happening as possible repercussions of 10 schools exiting the conference. And one other follow-up on that, Sarah, I don't expect you to confirm the rumors everywhere, locked on Big 12 and elsewhere that are coming <laughs> forth, it seems, a stream of them every day. But I would be interested, perhaps, in, a, in the sense you're getting, the leadership shown by the presidents at both universities, Kirk Schultz and uh, J.F.E. Murphy, Scott Barnes, and his counterpart, Pat Sean at Washington State, I've been so impressed with and, and the direction and the leadership provided. But we're all, of course, waiting for closure, that we may be waiting a long time on, in a lot of respects. But are you overall optimistic or feel like this is true? Everything that you're reading and hearing without disclosing what you do actually know is trending properly for us as we look for a path forward. Yeah, here's what I think is absolutely safe to say, and that is the fight, the energy, the sheer quantity of time being spent on this by Oregon State. And I'm sure at Washington State, um, you know, I'm obviously not on their campuses often, but I'm sure there as well. But without a doubt, on this campus, every position at the highest level, I, it's not an exaggeration to say seven days a week, basically nonstop for as long as this has been going on, it's, it's the top priority, right? And for the reasons I mentioned a little bit in describing the hearing, this is not an athletics issue. This is, this is the entire university that's impacted by which path we end up on going forward. And then in a bigger sense, this impacts the city of Corvallis, the surrounding communities, and the entire state. So I think it is not lost on, on anyone in our leadership position how important it is to have as many paths as possible and then to get as much as we can and get the best path going forward. All right. You ready for some uh, questions from the, <laughs> the, the people? Absolutely. All right. Here we go. This one's a really good one, actually. I would participate. Um, has there ever been any, any consideration given to hosting watch parties for OSU's road football games in the Toyota Club or maybe the south end of Beaver Street? Charge a small fee, five, ten bucks per person, have concessions open, big screen TV set up, tables and chairs. Proceeds could benefit general scholarship fund for the athletic department. We could use a Corvallis area gathering spot for Beaver Nation to come together. Haven't been overly impressed with the local bars and restaurants as a game day option so far. Just an idea, Kurt in Philomath. That's a great idea to revisit. I know maybe even predating me, um, that was done a little bit. We have done it for students at times when we have an away game on the schedule the same week that they start school. Um, we have shown that away game on the video board and research and invited them down to watch it on the field. And at different times, the Alumni Association ha has carried the charge on watch parties. But this may be a good time, given the overall landscape, to pull everyone together and possibly, you know, look at maybe the Cascade Club or, or the Coastal Club, yeah. which have great large screens 
on walls in there. So or the big screen. I'll do the... some follow up on okay, that. Okay, yeah. thank or, you. Or just the scoreboard screen. Just sit in the in the seats and watch it on the scoreboard. Um, right. Kyle in Southwest Florida. Family had a great time at Reeser a couple of weeks ago. One complaint was cosmetic. Uh, to paint the midfield logo and end zone so they pop. Green looked fine, but the other colors looked sun bleached. They repainted it right before the season started. And hmm. I know they repaint it multiple times during the season. I don't know when the next one is scheduled for. Okay. There have been multiple inquiries about the Iron Man statue for a follow up. Let's say. I'm working on the case, but I do not have an answer okay. yet. Okay, good answer. Um, one person specifically asks, and maybe this could point you in a direction, if it's in the basement of Sigma Phi Epsilon. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> that sounds like a tip. <laughs> yes, it does that, sound that like That sounds a tip. like an entire um, coffee series. <laughs> could it be? Yes, could it be in the basement of Why that? Oh, I don't know. It just yeah. it occurred to me. Please ask Sarah if she thinks that the PA sound will be louder this game. I said ah. in section 214, and our section couldn't hear him, uh, well, the PA, during both home games. It's one of the keys to a Beaver victory tomorrow. Kirk from Lebanon. That's yes, the big Kirk, one. I was waiting yeah. for this question. Right. So we have moved the sound system, the temporary sound system, from the terrace, the north end zone, to be located as two systems on... I'm going to use left and right. If you're looking at the new west side, on the left and right, the decks that are the second level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that, yeah, pick, I guess south and north, left and right. Um, so it in those locations, we tested it for a pep rally for all uh, incoming freshmen and transfer students on Tuesday. Um, worked really well. We are going to test it again one more time today obviously with the game tomorrow and it spreads the sound a lot better it's very comparable to what the sound system was last season with the west side under construction the only difference is really i think it's about 60 to 70 feet higher um, than it was last season when it was located on the west side so it's going to spread the sound out a lot better hopefully more consistency through both PA and your other sound that comes through the system. And then um, anticipating it shouldn't impact with the terrace, right? In that location, you had folks walking back and forth right in front of the sound system. The places that it will be located, there is no foot traffic right in front mm. of the system. So it, okay. should, it should eliminate that issue as well. Do you get updates from the company that's supposed to be delivering to you, the one that's been purchased, or is you just waiting for it to show up? We just wait for it to show up. Wow. And when you get it, can it be turned around right away, or does it take weeks to install? I think for the entire system, it, it will take a couple weeks. Um, the way the system is built, though, there are there's two main speakers, huge speakers, that will hang on the left and right of the video board. Hmm. Those would be the most lengthy time to install, obviously, because of size and location. Yeah. There are other portions of that system so for example underneath the video board all the way across there are speakers so if those were to arrive ahead of the two large ones we could install those at that time sync them up with the temporary system and then you're just lifting your entire sound system so even if we're just getting a portion of it prior to 
the last game, second, whenever it arrives, we can install whatever we get and keep adding to that temporary system until those two main ones arrive and then really take over as the permanent. Okay, good. Uh, please ask Sarah, are they clearing staff and student lots for donor parking um, Bloss and Magruder by 3 p.m. for tailgating? Yes. So there was a, anyone who has a ticket should have got information about parking. And then anyone who works on campus also got an email about parking. I can scramble here and try to pull up the exact timing. I will find it. Go to the next question and I will find the parking information. If I use digital tickets to OSU football and then use a ticket exchange site to resell them to a party unknown to me for a sum greatly greater than what I paid for them, will that exchange site report that income to the IRS? <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I don't know the answer to that. Other yeah, than, that's okay. I mean, that's a I'm a little one. sad you sold your tickets and aren't coming to the game, but I'm happy you made a profit, and I hope that profit <laughs> is used to buy more tickets to other Oregon State athletic events. Ooh, good answer. Uh, there was another question about uh, the sound system, but I don't think it's different. So that that's already been talked about. Uh, Rob from Staten, why does Oregon State sell Hop Valley Brewery beer as the micro beer option during sporting events? It seems sacrilegious since the brewery is located in Eugene. <laughs> there are many other terrific microbrewery options, such as Block 15 located in Corvallis. I think we're always exploring uh, partners and potential sponsors, and we're usually going to go with the one that, you know, has good core core values and principles and a good product and is willing to pay for the assets. Okay. Yeah, money, of course. Um, all right. Now, this one was also asked several times via the text. Coffee. What's the latest <laughs> with the elusive coffee? We are going to dispel the myth that coffee and hot chocolate aren't available. So I have in my email a list of the exact stand locations where coffee and hot chocolate are available. And we are adding that information. It's already on the website. On the If you click under um, fan, fan information, fan zone, and then game day page, we call it out right there. It's listed. And then it will be in the know before you go email as well. And are you saying or am I saying that, that it's always been there is that why you use the word myth? <laughs> it is. Okay. So it always it it's always been there. Okay, great. Well, then you'll you'll put the list up there, and that's where they can go. Sarah, I have something in front of me. Is this what the parking question was asking? It just I see an email sent to me as a reminder. Football game day permits will take effect at one p.m. on Friday. Is that is that the answer the the texter was asking, or is there more to it than that? That is correct. And so then there are there are lots that have been designated. They're the color green on the map. And those are the lots that you can, if you're here for business purposes and not attending the game, your car would be allowed to stay in those lots after 1 p.m. and would not be in jeopardy of being towed. But if you have a football game day permit of any kind, it's a football game day permit, they go into effect, you can park, I mean, from 1 o'clock on. Correct. Okay. Thank you for Here's that. Here's another one. Are there uh, printed programs sold in the stadium? And if not, why? I missed that one. I'm sorry. Could you repeat that? Yeah. One? Yeah. No problem. 
Are there printed programs sold in the stadium, and if not, why? There are not, and it, you know, with an evolution over a series of seasons, the demand became so minimal, we were losing pretty significant money on Mm -hmm. printing them. Um, So we do digital program. It actually has even more information than the previous printed programs did because the digital allows us some flexibility game to game to add more elements, you know, at no expense, add more elements and, and play with that program. So digital program only and to find it, you know, the game day takeover page on the website has the link to that. The app has the link. And then we have some signs around different gates at the entrance where there's a QR code. And if you scan the QR code, it will take you directly to the digital program. When is it put together? In other words, can you print it out well in advance of a game and just have it if you'd like to have the papers looking at things like the rosters and stuff? You could. I believe we make it available the day before the most current version. A lot of the elements that don't change, though, right, you would be able to print from the previous game and then perhaps just update stats and roster sheets, just print those pages. Okay, and here's one that I'm just coming up with on my own. There's only one more. There's two more here on the list, but um, the sports information throughout the land, they all make speed cards for us in the booth, and they're unbelievable. They have everything you want it on two sides of a card, and we were joking a couple years ago to each other, man, if they sold these for Five bucks, they'd make bank. Just print out, you know, 10,000 more. So, you know, ask sports information, hey, can we get a file of that and print them out? Because those things are really good. What do you think, Sarah? Would that even be viable, an option? I think it depends on the sport. Different sports have more or less demand for that type of product. We do something similar for some of our sports in Gill. And it's it's almost that exact same sheet, not exactly, but mm-hmm. very similar. And we were printing them again. The cost was was right. pretty extreme, so we dialed that back. We just do it for a couple sports now printed, but for the other sports, we do a QR code to that piece. The only one we do that full blown program slash media guide, it is for football. Okay, we got to hurry. Where are the parking lots that are open for tailgating if you do not have tickets that have parking? Question mark, question mark, $40, question mark? That, so there's a series of them. I would go to the, it'll be in the know before you go email. If they're trying to get the information before that, which that should go up pretty soon here. If they're trying to get the information before that, I would go to Fan Zone on the website, that game day, uh, game day information on the drop down and that has updated information unique okay. to a weekday game parking scenario. Okay. Um, on coffee, need better communication with individual concession stands. We ask at everyone on the East side and we're told no. So mm. that's just a mm. thing for in-house, I guess. And then one more, you may have already answered this. I have parking permit sticker and haven't been able to park in my designated space because it was taken both games. Somebody else took their space. <laughs> What's the recourse? I would, yeah, I would immediately text our text assistance number and what they will text them um, with your spot location and they will send somebody there. And depending on how close it is to kickoff, it may be best for you. They'll redirect you to park in a spot very close to it. If it's far ahead of kickoff, they will probably get the vehicle that's in your spot towed and allow you to park in Hmm. your spot. Good. Yeah. 
Sarah, thank you so much uh, for another session. I hope we can do it in person next week as we you know, kind of try to get back on a routine, normal schedule. It really hasn't been that much yet. Now we've got a Friday night game. But last thing, and that is just to underscore the excitement level with the orange uniforms and helmets. And I just sent something really special building. We've had some great nights through the years in our community. Does it feel to you like potentially we're heading to another one? I feel like the weather has shifted. It is fall weather. This is football weather. We're going to have magic under the lights. Wear orange, as Mike just said. This is an orange out. Wear orange. And this feels like it's going to be one for the for the memory day. Yep. Sarah, thank you. Thanks, we'll Sarah. talk again next week. We appreciate your time as always. Thank you, Sarah. Sarah Elcano, our guest, looking for a miracle on 34th Street or at Edgar and Dave Niehaus Way or whatever the street corners are up there over the weekend. Don't need a miracle tomorrow night. Need to go play solid football yeah. and get to 4-1, and one, get back even. And as Nick Aliotti said, you're still in the thick of it. When oh, tomorrow, yeah. you're in the thick of it, and you will be as long as you win week to week. Let's wrap up the show next on the Joe Beaver Show on Joe Radio. Well, it's the weekend. I was just settling in to enjoy a beaver football game when I heard a horrible sound. When are you going to start working on that hardwood floor in the den? We can't use the room until it's done. I would, but I don't have all the equipment. That's no excuse. You can rent a floor sander, a floor nailer, and everything you need at Philomath Rental. And they're open seven days a week, so you can get out there today. Darn you, Philomath Rental. Work smarter, not harder. Why is Woodstock's Pizza all kinds of pizza for all kinds of people? Because no matter who you are or where you're from, you can create the perfect pizza at Woodstock's. So you can choose from over 35 fresh toppings, four made fresh daily crust options, several cheese options, including vegan and dairy-free, and six sauce options, including vegan and dairy-free, all to go along with your choice of dine-in, takeout, or delivery to most of Corvallis. So, Woodstock's Pizza is all kinds of pizza for all kinds of people. Woodstock's Pizza, Kings Boulevard in Corvallis. Weddings, anniversaries, holiday parties, corporate events, large or small, make them spectacular with Forks and Corks Catering. From delicious bites to signature cocktails, they'll ensure an experience that is a delight for you and your guests. With their fresh cuisine, artful presentation, and polished service, Forks and Corks always creates a spectacular symphony of sensory delight. View their menu and list of venues online. Forks and Corks Catering, events designed to delight. Catering to the Willamette Valley since 2011. The fall means it's time for Oregon State football, a new season, and hopefully a bowl game at the end of the year. It's also a good time to look at that home remodeling project. If you need new carpet, countertops, luxury vinyl, or window coverings, see the staff at Corvallis Floor Covering. They've been coaching Beaver fans and helping you get it done for over 30 years. Stop by and see their showroom full of all the popular brands that you know, love, and gotta have. They're on the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown, or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beavs! Kubota LX Series tractors are the number one rated tractor brand for durability and owner experience in the United States and are the answer to having quality, comfort, and versatility. Kubota LX Series tractors are four-wheel drive and come with easy-to-operate three-range hydrostatic transmission. See Lynn Benton Tractor and Tangent or go to KubotaUSA.com for more information. We're still doing business the American way. 
If you need a new roof, see Stutzman and Krupp Contractors, voted by readers of the Albany Democrat Herald as the best roofer in the Valley in 2021 and 2022. Hi, this is Doug Blair. When Stutzman and Krupp did my roof a few years ago, what I really liked is they had a large team of roofers, so they got in and got it done. And did it in just one day. It was great, and there's financing available too. Call or stop by their showroom on Rice Street in Albany. Stutzman and Krupp Contractors, they do it right. CCB 96278. Sunday on the Las Vegas Raiders Radio Network. The Silver and Black head to L.A. for a showdown with the Chargers. Hi, this is Tim Cates. Join Jason Horowitz and Lincoln Kennedy for all the action as Jimmy Garoppolo and the Raiders head to L.A. to take on Justin Herbert and the Chargers. It's a week four showdown in the AFC West. If it's the NFL, it's right here. Pre-game at 1230 on 93.7 FM and 1240 Joe Radio. So, yeah, let's talk about yeah, this. Okay. We've got about three minutes. Dave. Because there's, yeah, it yeah. is, Dave. I'm just, I'm just trying to contemplate. I'm thinking what to do, <laughs> how to say it, how to frame it. Whew. Anyway, Dave from Tumwater texts both of us at times during games, during yeah. Mariner games, during Oriole games. He'll provide us a, Adley update. an Adley update. Here's what. So-and-so just said about Adley, it's great. I mean, we don't have access to those things. And Dave, being the consummate Orioles fan and huge Beaver fan, but he gives us stuff. But here's what he texted me last night. And I just, again, with all of the information that's out there and all of the opinions on swap picks and the Damian Lillard, oh, (laughs) no, not that, but the the other stuff. By the way, I think my, my feeling is reading about it the Blazers made out yeah. pretty well, all yeah, things I, considered. I agree. I agree. So, but I was, maybe we haven't felt it down here. Dwight said the sense of depression around yeah. the city is great. And that's something I, I don't think you and I feel here quite as much. Not because of distance, but because I wasn't. You just were not quite as on board with his no. game and style of late. No, not really. Okay. Even though. Ian, whatever, all these uh, dunks and dunks and threes. I don't say he had numbers. his best season ever last year. <laughs> whatever. Guy comes across the line, shoots a three, scores 50. Yay, but you still lose. Dunks and uh, threes. That means nothing to me. Clyde, threes. Jerome, okay. all those guys. Balance. Here's, here's, what I, here's what Dave texted last night. To, to me, during life last night. Here's what he wrote. If it wasn't crazy enough, now there's talk. Now, this is why I'm, Dave didn't elaborate, and if anybody else knows this, feel free to text us. We don't have time to take a call, I don't think. Here's what he wrote. Now there's talk of Florida State and Clemson leaving the ACC immediately and teaming up with the Pac-2 for an Apple streaming deal, period. And yes. then he moved on to yes. Brooks, Brooks Robinson and Bob Costas with I'll Chris Russo. It. But he just threw that into the mix. That'd be great. So where did that come from, though? I don't know. Locked on, locked on the ACC. Maybe it, it could I mean, be. Who are these it could guys? be a credible source, or it could be little Jimmy in a, his yeah, mom's face. Here's what, and Dave used the phrase. I threw shade on locked on. No, I, I, I wasn't attempting in any way to throw shade on locked on Big Twelve. I'm just asking the great question from Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Who are those guys? <laughs> The recurring refrain from Newman and Redford. Who are those guys? I just 
I'm not. They may be the greatest guys in the world, yeah. better source than you and I ever will be and ever right. have been and right. will continue to be. Nowadays, and, you have to ask, who are those just, guys? Just who are those guys? In the to- so now there is talk of FSU and Clemson leaving the ACC and teaming up with Washington State and Oregon State and seeking an Apple streaming deal. I like it. Uh, it's interesting. It's intriguing. But who are those guys? Who are those people saying that? Now there's talk. Anyway, no show I'm glad tomorrow. we got a football game. No show. You're on it, too. See you tomorrow. Thanks for joining us. K-E-J-O Corvallis. And translator, K-229-D-I Corvallis. The home of the Beavers. 1240 Joe Radio.